Yeah. This is going to be interesting. I don't know if you know this. He doesn't listen to music. I know. No, he knows. Yeah. So hey, what the fuck other. are we going to talk about? We've known each other for a while. Don't <laughs> we worry. Should, I got. We should, can we put on some music and get his reaction? Uh, well, on the on the paywall side. Yeah, got it. So uh, okay. the way we shoot the podcast, like we shoot the, the regular episode and then like a, bunch for you. a second half is paywall. Okay. You got a good brain. He's a he's weirdo. He's like a fucking rain man. Uh, savant. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. He's just gross. Kind like you're going to coffee. Oh yeah, I got you one. Uh, jazz, it's in the jazz, fridge, but jazz, jazz. Um, this isn't mine. Sorry, no, no, Marsh. it's cool. It's cool. It's Sorry, the same Marsh. It's the same coffee. Um, no, I have a, no, I got Marsh. Oh, one too. nice, 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 nice. Bro, I'm fucking. You do too? Yeah, I do too. Doing. Fucking freak. How do you think this Wally. engine runs for fucking ten hours, man? Two coffees. I drink this and then I drink another one. Yeah, I have two coffees. Anthony, um, you're oddly calm this morning. Because we what just re- fucking lifted, dude. Anything else? I don't know. We just lifted. We just lifted weight. Oh, you worked out? Yeah. How'd you do? Great. He's fucking big, dude. Yeah. He is brolic. There's a lot of strength that comes from that mustache. It's not. It's not the, the mustache. Says I complain less than him. Oh, for oh, sure. Yeah. I, I complain all the time. We Everybody talk shit about him all the time. Yeah. It's my favorite thing. But like, the funniest thing is, I, I do the work. You know what I mean? Like, I will always do the work. No matter what it is, it, sometimes to... Uh, to a fault where I like will literally injure myself because I push too hard. Yeah. But I will always do it. Rain or shine, doesn't matter. I'm going to get up 7 a.m., go to work by 8, you know, be in there working out while it's fucking raining on me, you know, which is, I'll do it, but I'm going to complain while I'm doing it the entire time. Like someone forced me to do it, you know? Got it. That's just how it is. This is how I, how I roll. Um, Anyway, we're, we're going to be talking about working out and stuff, uh, but uh, before we do it, Anthony Fantano's in the building, ladies and yes. gentlemen. Look at that. It's crazy. Uh, it happened. Uh, the internet's busiest music nerd decided to not be as busy. Yeah, you're, Don't look at that. I'm looking at your insane camera operation right now. It's not on that one right now. Okay. 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 <laughs> I'm still busy. This is a work weekend. Yeah, this I mean, you're PR, still busy. This is a PR tour weekend. Yeah, I know. So what's up? Why the fuck are you doing a PR tour? What's going on? Is the album coming out? Um, I had, uh, I think some, uh, I've been wanting to come out here and do a few shows. And I think I just realized uh, that I had a free weekend. I was going to do this more in like May or April, but then I, I just had a free weekend in January and I said, fuck it, let's do it. Okay, nice. Yeah, you were very like, you were very matter of fact. You were very business like. Uh, you know, like an adult, you were like, all right, um, you know, what's your address? I'm going to be calculating like the map distance yeah. uh, and, and plan out my entire day. I'm like, what the fuck? Just find it, find an Airbnb in the area. Yeah. Just come through, man. I'm literally like 20 minutes away from every appearance I have to go to. That's so. insane that yeah. you did all of that. I did. That's how you do it. You have an assistant? This time. Um, no, I, I didn't have an assistant for this. This, oh. this is actually kind of different for me. I have, uh, I've been very prone to kind of avoid stuff like this because I, I usually have a lot of travel anxiety because mm. I, I have ADHD. But I in I got diagnosed in the last year and I've been doing a lot better with my symptoms. And is that what causes travel anxiety? Because I, 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 so I would say it's I would say it's much travel anxiety. I, don't, I, don't, I think you probably have it for a lot of different reasons. I know it's the reason I have it because I tend to get overwhelmed with stuff. Yeah. Sometimes. Speaking of travel, I still haven't booked any of our shit for no, Japan. We haven't booked any. Shit we're supposed to go to Japan. Japan. We're not like, going. No, we're going. We're, we're not going. I'm 100 percent going. I'm gonna no. I will literally put you in the backpack. I will put you in a suitcase. Well, you you have dreams of staying in Japan permanently. It's not you we're going to Japan. Yeah, I have dreams of going to Japan and staying permanently 
Can I tell you the way not to go to Japan? What? For the week ahead's up. No, that doesn't matter because I already have. I, look, the, my mind works in mysterious ways. Okay, no, I already. No, you don't get to say that. You yeah, don't get I to do, do get, that. I when get to we're do traveling that. internationally. Because we're gonna get there, we're gonna have nowhere to stay. No, I have all that lined we're up. We're gonna have no. No, I already, no I, you don't. Yes, I do. No, you don't. Yes, I do. You know what Ludwig's plan is? No, 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 no. You're you. wrong. You're wrong. No, no, no. You're wrong. Okay. I, I, I had, I had the best guy. Sorry, I had the no, best guy. Mm. On the, the job, best guy? Jake and Bake Live. Okay. Yeah, we have a fourteen day. So you, we have a fourteen. Booked, we have a fourteen day schedule mapped out. So you we need to pull the. We need to pull the trigger. Marsh needs to pull the trigger. See, see, I have travel anxiety, Anthony. No, I, I, I get oh, it. No. I usually, I usually don't go out and do stuff like this. I know, unless we, it's all been set up for me. Like Anthony, I, what, like one of my worst experiences, and it wasn't even that bad. Again, it's, it's just because of the anxiety. I went to um. Primavera Sound a bunch of years ago, which is mm. in Barcelona. Sure. And and even going there, it was like everything was all set up for me. But I got like lost downtown at some point and like obviously like my Spanish is kinda iffy. And like there was one point at which like I was literally like uh just like sitting on the bench on a tram line breaking the fuck down. I was like, what the fuck? Don't estal la biblioteca, dude. Every well, time. And then like in the middle of like just being on the verge of flipping out, like a handful of guys came and said, Aren't you Anthony Fantana? I was like, <sighs> and it kind of snapped me out of it. And I was like, yeah. yeah, I am. And I was like, you know, then and they said hi. And I said, Oh, by the way, how do I get here? <laughs> where am I? I'm fucking <laughs> I was lost. Like, where the hell am I? And then yeah. they told me and then I got to where I needed to go. And then, you know, so it was it, it worked out, but like at the time, you know, it was pretty bad. But but now I feel a lot less, you know. Yeah. But on edge about going places. Uh, the last time I had horrible travel anxiety was mm-hmm. actually a trip um, mm-hmm. to drag me on as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We don't talk about that. Yeah. So it ultimately worked out because it, it created this podcast. That that's true. Yeah, we had a way. banger first episode. Like you know, it was it was crazy. It ended up working out. Like everything was held together with ticker tape as is the case with all of my you know productions that I'm in any way shape or form involved yeah. in um and we ended up in Amsterdam for Tushkan EU and we filmed our first episode of the podcast in a boat that was yeah. also a recording studio for music artists I forget who the artists are that have recorded on it but it's like some crazy artists it was a this uh, Turkish uh, dude reached out it's to me. silent enough to make the music on a boat? Well... It's not like weird boat yeah. noises? There it, were not weird boat noises that I could discern because we were in a channel. Got it. Yeah. It was, it was cool, though. It was, I mean, it was sick. That's like cool. We literally shot our first episode of this podcast on top of a fucking boat in, in Amsterdam in a canal, you know? Cool. It was, it was All sick. Right. Now I'm going to throw one of those deep questions that are going to engage you mentally. Yeah, let's actually talk about something. Right. Here you go. Anthony Fantano. <laughs> yeah, what's up? You are a music critic. I am. You are constantly consuming music. I am. Do you think the constant consumption of any medium eventually will lower your enjoyment of that medium and make it harder to find things that you consider tens or nines? <clears throat> I, I think in concept that sounds like a good a, g- a good thing or sort of, sort of like sounds lo- it sounds logic- logical. But um, I don't know, every year, uh, even this past year, I, I find uh, pretty consistently when I'm making my year-end list and stuff, 
around 50 or so records that I loved at some point yeah. across the year. And again, with this past year, actually, I think I was more in like the 55 or 56 range when sure. the year was over. You listen to, I have not listened to 55 songs. Since, I since, since I've started the YouTube channel, I've reviewed over 3,000 albums. That's, in, that's too much music, bro. Somebody actually hit me up the other day, and I, I often don't take the time to kind of reflect on how long I've been doing all this and how much of sort of a process it's all been. This, this fan of mine who I talk with every once in a while because they do this fun kind of year end edit of all the times that I do blank thinny blank Tano intros on my videos uh, hit me up and said did you know you've reviewed over 3,000 records and I said I have and they're like well been doing it consistently reviewing four to five albums a week for the past this many years yeah and I looked at my YouTube channel and it has just under 4,000 videos on it and I did the math on that I That's even just wild. lowballed it at four multiplied it by 52 and how many years I've been doing it and it came out to just around 3,000 so That'd you and I are on the records. exact opposite ends of the spectrum of music yeah. loving versus music hating yeah which is weird to me because I don't on honestly I I can't even think of I, I can't even roast you for it because i don't necessarily come from a musical background my dad's understanding and appreciation of music for example is probably worse than yours like uh -huh. he openly would admit to me like i can't tell you a beatles song from a stone song and his first concert was a peter frampton concert i don't think he'd gone to too many concerts after that and um Son, do you know who peter frampton is i have no fucking clue who <laughs> peter frampton is but Ew, i have been to, i have been to a the boss concert Oh, you've been to a Springsteen concert? Yeah, nice. I did. I hated it. It was. Oh, that's. I just don't like live music, like for the most part. I just, I despise. Not only do I not listen to music, I fucking hate live, live music. music. Like I actually don't have it. Like normally, okay. Let me just tell you this. No wonder normally, you go to Coachella. When people, I do go to Coachella. Yes. Yeah, because uh, because you don't give a fuck about music. Exactly. But I. But that's I. Why, that's why you go. But I very openly state I, that I I was shocked this year. We went to Coachella. I mean, it's always a great meme to talk about how much Coachella like doesn't give a fuck about music. Right. But the main stages at Coachella sounded so abhorrently terrible this year. It yeah. was shocking. Yeah. Little Baby sounded like a cacophony of small animals being loaded into a grinder. And yeah, it wasn't yeah, his fault. Gigantic sound systems in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah. Just blasting out into open space. Yeah, the acoustics are sound good. Yeah. <laughs> Even I know that. Um, I think I think my disdain, yeah. my disdain for music starts off at an early age when my parents would like take me to the symphony all the time. Every mm -hmm. Tuesday night, we would have to go to like the the Philharmonic in Ankara, right? And I was just like, "Yo, this shit sucks! Like, right. I don't want to fucking be here." And you're a kid, so you can't really do anything can't about do anything, it. Yeah. And they get mad at me if I fell asleep. You know what I mean? And they would make me like, we'd have to get dressed up and shit. I just despised <laughs> it. So like as a process that. So that, you associate music with trauma, especially live music. Yeah. And then, and that that's like <laughs> infinitely more preferable to like, obviously live music that you would listen to like at Coachella or, or you know, a music festival. Um, and I still sometimes go, like I went to the opera recently. It's whatever, you know, it's not my, it's not my cup of tea, but. Um, You're not impressed by most things, though. Is what I will. Say. I, that is true, except for infrastructure. is very impressive. He, love, yeah. he loves parks. Back to Anthony. Anthony anyway, yeah, let's go. You do on. listen to a lot of albums. I do. What's your process for listening to an album? It's kind of like watching grass grow. Honestly, I mean, it's um, huh. you know, uh, I'm just sitting there. I'm listening. I'm writing notes. 
That did not sound no, appealing at all. Well, I mean, but but the thing is, like, it's not sexy to watch. You know, the process itself is not what's interesting. It's the yeah. opinion that you get after that's interesting. Sure. You know, if I did a live stream of like, you know, me reviewing an album, it would literally just you know, I'm not doing handstands and sort of like you know, dancing the entire time. You're not so like just, doing one of these, just taking like- it in, and I'm processing, and I'm just contemplating, and I'm. You know, having gut reactions positively or negatively to the various things. You write it down. You're like, oh, yeah, that hit good. Do you think because you're so analytical in your approach that it's detrimental to certain types of music enjoyment? It can be and it can't be. I mean, like, you know, one of the opinions that I consistently get roasted for again and again and again is the fact that, like, I enjoyed, like, the debut mixtape from Lil Pump, Mm. you know, which is, like, not a smart album not a record that no. really kind of holds up to scrutiny like Gucci I Gang. respect that that's good like, it's not a record that really kind of holds up to deep scrutiny you know it's not it's not an album that you really kind of like dive into mentally my enjoyment of it is like purely visceral and it's like this is like really young and visceral and stupid and it's kind of funny and enjoyable in that mm. sense I have that take for movies at the very least where I like I will enjoy an art house flick uh you know or or uh in cult classics but also I do understand the appeal of like a, a popcorn movie, like a blockbuster right. hit. Like I get it. I'm not one of those people who's like, oh fucking, you know, oh, this Marvel shit sucks. Like right. I mean, it does. It's not great. I've not seen a single fucking Star Wars movie or whatever. But like, um, like <coughs> Avatar two was great. I, I enjoyed it. Still haven't seen it. I you you will not enjoy it. I don't. You, like you would you would like Avatar two anyway. Yeah. Um, Wait, oh. <laughs> Yes, what does that mean? Yes! <laughs> to finish the thought, like, and, and while I did enjoy that record, I didn't love it, yeah. you know? It's like, it, it, when, when I'm reviewing something and I'm giving it, like, I don't know, uh, a certain score, I see it as sort of like a spectrum of enjoyability, especially if it's landing anywhere between, like, you know, a strong five to a ten. Know, to me anything above that kind of like on the fence number is enjoyment you know it's just kind of to varying degrees like an album like for example that a lot of people consider to be classic and sort of like you know um the modern rap and sort of like trap canon is like you know futures uh dirty sprite too mm. for example um and that album has some bangers on it yeah but as an overall listening experience it's very repetitive it's very one-dimensional all the beats and vocals hit the same as like, you know, an album experience. It's just kind of background music. You okay. Know what I mean, so while I do enjoy it on some level, I'm not going to give it a fucking 10 because it's not like over the top. It's not like this super engaging experience. It's like cool as party yes. music. It's cool as background music. I feel like it has a place and it has a time and it has a function and it has an appeal. Um, you know, but, but again, I'm not going to rate something like that super high. You know? This leads me into a game I would like to play. Sure. Uh oh. It's called Anthony Fantano's Music Superlatives. Okay. So we are going to list most likely to blank, and you're going to give us a song or album, right? This is how you play. Ready? I got it. I got it. First one. Okay. Most likely to get you laid. Most likely to get you laid in yes. terms of like you listen to it and you show it to another person. Whatever, you however, you interpret that. Okay. Most likely to get you laid? Yeah. Um,. You answer first if you have an answer. What? He doesn't, he doesn't know. I don't listen to music. <laughs> I, I do. I do, though. Well, P-Power. P-Power. You said that we're all P-Power. Well, like, he's giving you other superlatives that you have to name. Okay. Wait, what? I am? Oh, okay. yeah. Most likely to get you laid. Okay. Well, I said P-Power by Gunner. Okay. Okay. Well, well it's... It's, de- <laughs> it's pushing P. No. Pussy Power is another Gunner song. Oh, my God. 
All right. Um, well, it's definitely not MF Doom. Um, okay. Let me let me think. Uh, Damn, I knew a song that he did. Did you I, I, I write that down? It, I write that down. Write that down. It depends on who you're list, like who exactly you're getting laid with. But I think like you know, being somebody who. Okay, some artists who would get you laid if you like legitimately enjoyed them and appreciated their music. Frank Ocean would be shut the fuck up. <laughs> would be um, no even more even more so because everybody listens to Frank Ocean. Like you know, I th I think I think as a guy, mm -hmm. if you want to sort of like identify with you know the, the experience that Phoebe Bridges having out there romantically and emotionally, like you probably should fuck with some SZA. Okay, you probably should fuck with some Taylor. Yes, you probably should fuck with some Phoebe Bridgers. Yes. Now like, Taylor you know. Swift. Yeah. Okay, we have another host that w is probably very satisfied by that answer. But, yeah. but, 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 wait, but wait a second. Like, most women are smart enough to tell when you're, like, faking the funk. You know, this is an ex-boyfriend murder. Just, one is fire. I like yeah, that song. A, I listen. So you're that. saying you need B-sides from those artists. Yeah, absolutely. So that they're like, oh, absolutely. he's really absolutely. in. Absolutely. You can't, you, can't just, you can't just idly enjoy mm. the hits. And okay. you do have to sort of understand that, like, you know, you are sort of, like, at that point, you know, you're an outsider to a specifically, you know, like female experience that you're mm. just kind of like looking at. You can't like, you know, sort of like fuck with those songs on the same level, like, you know. In a so I think if you know one sense. Phoebe Bridgers song, it, it's a rap because there's no fucking shot anyone's putting it. Is it Kyoto? No, is, is I, I don't know song any song. Oh, okay. I, I would have gone with a little Mazzy Star. Like it's very sexy. It's very sad. Um, now, Hassan, it's your turn. Create a superlative. Do you okay. understand? Most likely yeah, to. I understand okay. what yes. the, the concept of superlatives are. Okay. Well, I don't know if they're um, in Turkey. Yeah, no. <laughs> Most likely to out you as a white supremacist. Ooh. Tom McDonald. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. That's Tom, that's Tom fire. That's I, I feel like one. that's like basic though. I was gonna go like Varg or something. Borsum, right? No. Um. I. I mean. You Tom, know, Tom Tom McDonald really kind of has the white supremacist ear. He's just like you so, can tell me like if I'm right wrong in, in, in this day on and this age. one. You can tell me if I'm wrong on this one. I like this artist, mm -hmm. but I think he has a lot of weird appeal to okay. certain groups. Danzig, um, yeah, sure, but I wouldn't say any more than maybe some metal artists generally. Okay, uh, fair. You know, fair. Like, like Phil Anselmo, for example. This is why he's the genius. Like, Phil Anselmo has way more of a problematic appeal than Danzig does. Uh, like, I, I, How I, many I, churches have they burned? Yeah. Who, Danzig? I don't know. As far as I asking, know, Danzig has burned no churches. These are basic questions I'm asking about metal. I, from just my, you know. As far as I know, Danzig has burned no churches. Zero churches. Bullshit. Zero, zero, zero they, churches. They don't, they're not in the cut. <clears throat> they don't. They're not even in the. I really stand. like Danzig, but okay. okay. Yeah. No. So do I. Who would you say most likely to make you outed as a white supremacist? Oh, I already. I already said it. Varg Burzum, uh, right? Yeah. Mm. yeah. Probably. I mean, that's like pretty. I, I think it's valid. Mm. Or um, what else? What else? You know, in, in, in a way maybe like old uh, punk, but like racist punk, not like the like like, like oi stuff. Like, you know, like the UK. But that goes shit. both ways. Yeah, it could go both ways. Because, like, they have skinheads <clears throat> that are, like, anti-Nazi, and then they have skinheads that are pro-Nazi. Right. It's it's such a case-by-case -case basis, and it, it, it requires specificity, and there's way more anti-racist punk than there is yeah. racist punk by a long shot. Yep. Yeah. All right, next superlative. Most likely to impress Anthony Fantano. Like you uh, drop a record on nothing. and you're like, damn, well, that no, person no, on, knows honest, music. Honestly, no, no, no. There, there's, there's such a thing. I mean, I guess um, I can't even give a specific answer to that because to, honestly, to impress me, like uh, I, I have a friend of mine, for example, who recently sent me a playlist and she 
you know, I, I happen to like a lot of new wave stuff and like obscure synth pop stuff and like um, post punk stuff. And, you know, and she sent me like a, a playlist of just like tons of fucking shit I had never fucking heard of. Mm. Like, you know, like not these bands. So exactly. we got to put together a whole mixtape. Right, exactly. Not Damn. not these artists. Not not these artists. Exactly. Like I'm, I'm thinking of some flagship examples like, you know, Gary Newman, Devo, that type of shit. Mm. Like loads of much more obscure artists in that vibe. And I was just like. I've never heard of like 80% of this. How do we feel about cream soda? Um, I can't even tell you. I don't even know. You're, you're out, you're out, you're out of me right now. Russian, like kind of synthy. I don't know much about like too much cream soda. No, or or like Russian paywall. I'm pulling that up for you. You That's going to be my most likely to impress. You don't like, you don't, you don't fuck with the Russian EDM. Um, not that I'm against it. I just haven't really dove into it. Seems like it. he's against it. Seems like you're against it. Yeah. Yeah. Ice Peak. We have an exclusive. Anthony Fantano <laughs> hates Russian music. Yeah. Mm. It's kind of yeah, fucked like, up. I, I, I guess like if, if you, if you can sort of like hit me to a bunch of stuff in a genre that I, that I usually enjoy, but I haven't heard of before, or even stuff that, you know, I, I'm not that familiar with. Like that's, that impresses me more than just being like, oh yeah, I love this album that you enjoy too. It's like, okay, you know, whatever. Yeah. Aren't you going to ask me most likely to impress me? Oh, yeah. What's most likely to impress us? Ludwig von Beethoven. Wow. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Me and LeBron. We both listen to Beethoven in between, this, in between the hits. Wow. Which, which, uh, what symphony are you throwing on? The 13th. Wow. Whoa. That was a strong one. <laughs> Concerto. Gee that one. Little Ludwig. You know, Some light the, listening. You know, the one with the, the, the strings. Golly. All right. I'm so good at this. Anthony. Everybody thinks I like music now. What was your first album as a kid? What was um, the first thing you were spinning that really made you find a love of music? I had like, uh, uh, I remember for at least a couple Christmases, I was kind of begging for a boombox because like in 90s, it was just boombox boom culture. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I eventually got like a little Sony radio that i could you know just listen to the radio on or just like you, you didn't know, get the um, radio raheem like I, I, it wasn't shoulder. it wasn't that big no it was wait how old are you anthony i'm 37 oh okay that makes sense i was gonna say because like i didn't have the boombox generation but we were in the walkman and then Discman generation yeah, we were. right with no. like uh the g which, which i remember but it was later yeah but um but yeah it wasn't a crazy cool over the show it wasn't a giant one it was like a you know a, a, a smaller one and um you know i could play tapes off of it and also record songs off the radio too. And um, some of the earliest like first cassettes that I had were like Rage Against the Machine, Evil Empire. Nice. The, that Bush album with Machine Head on it. Um, <laughs> I had a, TL, a TLC's Crazy Sexy Cool, Boys to Men, Red Hot Chili Peppers One Hot Minute, Green Day Dookie, Offspring Smash, um... Uh, and any stuff that I could record off the radio from like uh, Biggie, Dr. Dre, Tupac, Nirvana. So you started um, as a radio kid. Yeah, radio and MTV. Dang. Like yeah. I, was, I was watching like, you know, Liquid Television and Beast You can't Butthead. even tell kids now the yeah. impact that MTV had on music consumption. Yeah, because we you could actually kids. see music on it. Yeah, it was insane. Know? Also, Nine Inch Nails. Um, you never got into Total Request Live either, did you? Well, I was yeah, in Turkey got, at the time. Too. So Total I was, Request I, Live. I was, was in Turkey at the time, so I never experienced that. But like MTV was formative for me because I jerked off to like a lot of okay. the music videos. <laughs> so like like Christina Aguilera, Dirty. Yeah. Britney Spears, Toxic. I mean, everybody jerked off to Dirty. You know what I mean? Uh, oh, Tattoo. 
all the, uh, all the things you said. All the things you said. Oh, my God. I remember every week... Carson Daly would like make the biggest deal about like salivating over the pool scene and pretty fly for a white guy. And I remember when they, when they sort of like, you know, decommissioned the video, it was like the last week he's like, we're saying bye to the pool scene. No more pool scene and pretty fly for a white guy. I recently went to a birthday party while they were, and they were playing like old Limp Bizkit hits on the TV with the music videos. And one of them was like him in a yellow Lambo in the LA canals. Like the LA River. I'll say it here and I'll say it loud. Limp Biscuit holds up. Oh, Limp, Limp Biscuit was I agree. sick. I, I, agree. I, I, I disagree. Limp Biscuit wow. was so good. And, and, I had, and I had those CDs. Like, I, like I you actually, can be wrong. It's fine. I was on. No, yeah. I, I, I was on stream. No, I, I was. I, I was of your opinion. I was on stream. I can't remember how many weeks ago. I was like, I, it wasn't even just Limp Biscuit. I was like, guys, when I was a kid. $3 bill y'all was the hardest fucking shit. Yeah. And I said, and I'm going to play some of it. You're going to hear it. And I put on like, you know, um, counterfeit and I put it on. I was like, God playing is so fucking bad. The bass was off and the drums were off and it's like the band wasn't together <laughs> and the yeah. mix sounded like shit. And I was like, this doesn't sound fucking good. Do you think, you know, it's like watching like dragon ball. Like it's what like, it? do you like new metal? Um, I, I was I grew up during that era, so, so I, mean, I, I did still enjoy look it. at that uh, Woodstock Corn performance of like Blind, like yeah. when they first came out, mm -hmm. and that that's like now all time. There is like some earlier stuff from that era that does hold up, like System of a Down's first record. Like oh, the, play, yeah, the playing I mean, on that record, I mean, yes. playing on that record is tight. Yes, I mean, playing on that record is extra tight. dirty oh, for fuck. me as a Turkish man listening mm -hmm. to you know that that those Armenian boys out there in Turkey at the time, because mm -hmm. like every time you listen to it, people will be like. What are you listening to? What one of the sickest concerts I went to? Is I can't even believe this happened. One of the sickest lineups I went to for a show as a kid was like this this band that's pretty like they're washed up now, but they were like pretty hard hitting at the time. Their name is American Head Charge. Mm. They were opening, but then after them, I think it was lineup. After them was System of a Down. Then after them was Rammstein. Oh, Rammstein yeah. played incredible, and then, and then the headliner was Slipknot. That's awesome. That was that was back to back Wait, to back. Slipknot was headlining over Ramstein. Yeah, yeah. They, Slipknot was huge. I mean, I, I listen to a lot of Slipknot too. I'm just saying that, like, no, it's they were wild. headlining it, and they had the biggest stage show because that was at the time where they had just that was the first tour I think where they started implementing the stage feature where Joey would be on his drum kit and then it would elevate up uh -huh. as he was doing a solo, and then it would do a 90 degree turn up. So he would be like, oh, literally vertical. like vertical while it was spinning. So He'd be doing sick. this super long drum solo with his drum kit flipped up and spinning in a circle and just, and then it would eventually come back down. Ohio, right? Um, Iowa. Iowa. Fuck. I always <laughs> fuck those two up. I, I think, I can't remember. The only thing that's must, ever come out of Iowa is not corn. It must have been around the time that album came out. Yeah. Like, yeah. <sighs> This is like Nostalgia Power Hour Cause, now. Cause Toxicity was out too. System of a Down was playing Toxicity oh, okay. stuff. Nostalgia Power Hour right now, but like, uh, you know, it's almost embarrassing to look back at, but like when Triple uh, X like uh, came out, uh, the, the with, movie. With like, oh, and suck. No, <laughs> not DX. that. No, I think it's like wrestling. Degeneration! No, no, no. Triple X, the, the movie with yeah. Vin Diesel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When Vin Diesel was hard, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is such a weird thing to look back at. And Ramstein had scored it. Mm -hmm. I remember, like, yeah, fly off. I remember fight. watching. Yeah, I remember watching those music videos and going like, "Oh, this is so." Sick. I love Ramstein. Like when I was growing, they're I was, still like yeah, touring they, heavy. And, well, I reviewed, they, they had an album last year. I reviewed it. 
Oh, was he good? Yeah, it was like, decent. Okay. The, their stage show used, I don't think they do this anymore. Their stage show used to be like, have weirdly crazy sexual parts too. Like, oh, um, that's just German, I think. <laughs> well, do, you, do, you, do you know what they used to do on stage during the song Buktish? Which is Bend Down. It's uh, it's it's the song all about like anal no, sex. Tell me, no the the I think the keyboard, I think it was a keyboard player. The keyboard player would whip out this prosthetic dick mm. and wear it, and then and during the entire song, it would just spray out this long stream of water, like the yes. entire thing. And which of course, like I can't remember the lead singers. That is name, so fucking like, German. There was a part. There was always a point at which he would like bend over in front of it, and they'd sort of like you know mimic like anal sex like on the stage and everything. Like, it was crazy. They also were. I remember uh, they also were in like a little bit of trouble. I think maybe because they would like they wanted to do this whole like reappropriation of like fascist imagery, even though they were mm. anti-fascist, like right. they were expressly and openly anti-fascist. But they would like. They said, like, you know, they were going to look kind of Nazi. Right. Which I feel like you can't really do as, as Germans. <laughs> you know, to, you're to not a, really to allowed. American, to Americans, it looks weird. Like, yeah. Even, even if, like, you When you're are, German. Right. You can't yeah. be goose-stepping, dog. That's yeah. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Uh, overall, it's great, though. They they have, like, you know, some anti-capitalist messaging in their music. Like, it was, it was great. Um, do you still have more superlatives or... Can I move on to personal? No, I, that was just a fun game. I no, no, no. It was it was brilliant. No, no. Don't misunderstand me. I I, I thought it was awesome. Uh, I want to move on to some some personal background stuff uh, real <laughs> okay. quick. So, um, we're gonna talk about uh, you know, your background in a bit. But before that, you're from Connecticut. I am. And if that sounds accusatory, my tone, it's it's deliberate. You, yeah. That is a pejorative. I yeah. think it's like, I'm using that as a negative for those of you who don't understand. He's never had cold brew before. This is the first time he's had cold brew. What? Yeah. I only started drinking coffee recently. I what? literally, I was like, wait, first of all, what do you like? Do you like it? it. You're I mean, a like, very fine. type A person. You're very in control. Yeah, I think, um, God, what the fuck? I, I, I recently did one of those... Um, personality test recently i think it was like entj or something it was mm. a type a those things are bullshit fuck you they're not okay well don't, don't worry about that but hey, do it you like the cold me. brew yeah, what's your what's your review what is is it like a light seven I, I, i'm not i'm not totally seeing the hype honestly but i mean it's fine fuck i thought you were gonna be I, like that's I, a banger I don't, I don't really okay it's like i i guess he was sort of like you know kind of like um uh, I guess a bit of a uh, something I should have come to realize when I was much younger, but I never really did much coffee or tea or whatever because I didn't get it because as my friends were all drinking it, me being an ADHD person, always being at a point of like dopamine deprivation, whenever I drink it, I wouldn't feel mm. off of it. And I still don't. It just really kind of calms me down oh, for the most I'm part. I'm one of the most ADHD people you'll meet. Yeah. I was one of the first 30 kids on Adderall. Well, it's like my dad was. They put was, him on that. They put him on that good shit. That's right. My dad was the same way, but he he doesn't know he's ADHD. So it's like in order to get any kind of jolt off of coffee, he needs like three, four, whatever. You ever do psychedelics? No, no, never. I have a lot of substance abuse issues in my family, so I just haven't mm. done any. Okay, uh, moving away from Connecticut, real quick to not substance abuse in general, but we're on our way to work out. Mm. And I'm like, Anthony, you you got some fucking big ass legs, man. You got some cannons down there. Got Everybody talks about it. You got some, yeah, you got hams down some there. American cheeseburger. What's going on? You know, we're going to lift. Like, what's your, I, I was like trying to gauge like what his level of expertise is in lifting. Cause I don't want to like drop him into this like weird scenario. He goes, my dad's a power lifter. Really? Yeah. Professionally? He was a coach. Yeah. Oh. Just do it professionally. Coach yeah. people. So you power lift. 
I did when I was at his so gym. under that his pink sweatshirt. Great, like Conan stable. Yeah, under Jack. under the pink sweatshirt. Yeah, yeah, he's a fucking brawler. Hidden dude. under that pink. He was putting sweatshirt. up the same amount of weight that I was putting up, and he's like sh- shorter than me and much beast mode. Yeah, like he, I got thirty pounds. Is, is lifting a big part of your routine? Um, I would say it used to be. I, I'm I like to go to the rock climbing gym now. I'm that really helps with the ADHD. It's more. It's it's like an ADHD playground. That's like there's, my so, many, there's remedy, so many colors yes. and there's so. Yeah. <laughs> it's like really. What really, do you listen to when you lift? Um, usually, like th- these days, I'm usually lifting whatever. Uh, if I am at the gym and I'm just have headphones on, I'm usually lifting whatever the hell I got to review next. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, that'd throw me off. I need dance music. I need. No, house. that's what I do. I, but instead of music, I listen to podcasts and like news that's reports. Dis- no, that's disgusting. Well, and people well, find well, that they to be were disturbing. Like, disgusting. Well, he was like, "Hey, we need to put put on some music. You you know, do the aux, whatever." And I said, "Okay, so I'm going to put on like some some hard shit." I decided to put on some like CT metalcore. I, I told him to play a uh, hate breed. I will be heard. Okay, it was and then, pretty and good. Then, and then after that, I played Earth Crisis. Fire okay, Storm. so you really threw him in the shit. Uh, it just you it liked felt that. I mean, it's good for, dude, I, I was telling him this, like, it, it, it was not, for me, it wasn't even, like, registering as music. Yeah. It's so loud and so, like, it's just what's gin, the gin, word, rambunctious. Gin, 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 so much going so, on. As Anthony Fantano, the world's busiest music nerd, does right. that happen a lot? You know, I feel like that's kind of like when you're a porn star and people are like, let me see your dick. When right. all you do is music, <laughs> right. people, people are like, hey, you about music. take the ox. Right, exactly. Put something on. Right. Do you hate that? Is there a lot of stress there? No, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Do you frequently blow minds? Like with like, hey, here's this thing that I listen to. Not really, yeah. you know. Like, <laughs> no, people hate I mean, it. It's like, I mean, I feel, I feel like is like if, if you're talking about like loud and heavy music, like, you know, you, it's not, you know, hate breed isn't exactly, isn't exactly like a deep cut. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I was just thinking about like what's the most basic bitch, loud, riffy thing that I could think of to listen to right now. I was trying to play funk. Like TikTok sounds, basically. Hmm. You know what it is. You yeah. know, it's just like it's like every viral song now on TikTok has like the boom, 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 boom element into it. Like I don't know how to describe it. How do you feel about the mathematical element of kind of music and creating hits now, where TikTok has basically taken what makes a hit song, hmm. boiled it down to an algorithm, and been able to package it as creating earworms that are yeah. inevitable. Like the snap of Thanos' fingers. I think it's fine. I mean, honestly, I, I, don't, I don't really. I don't even I, think I that really that's what a big opinion. For me. No, I don't. I don't think that's. I don't think that's like limited to TikTok. I think like top forty hits are designed historically in a way that like appeals to the largest, broadest audience possible. Yeah, that's why it's I, fine. I always. I, I don't really. I don't really see it as that different. Yeah. I I don't see it as that different. I think it's the mechanical element of it, the computer element of it that saddens me a little bit uh-huh. at least when it was some music doctor who had taken the time to figure out what made a hit song and moved around the pieces like that made sense to me and i could look from the outside and be like that music sucks but people like it what do you mean but, who's the music doctor in what sense well the there's producers that basically okay. are on like <laughs> rick rubin who apparently uh yeah like, like, like a benny blanco like someone okay. who's made like a hundred i mean those songs. people still exist i no, i i am aware but for that a lot of times I can look at it from the outside and kind of be like, that sucks. That's radio music. I don't like that. But now it just feels like I, these songs are incepted almost like they're mathematically perfect to get inside my ear and just stay there. I think that's cool. Honestly, like I, I feel, I feel like when it comes to making 
hit songs, like the point is to come up with something catchy. I, I think I think it's a challenge to come up with something catchy. I think there's an artistry to that, and which I which I deeply respect. I feel like um, through the eras of music that I've existed during, um, as far as you know, radio music and kind of you know radio being the testing ground for a lot of stuff during the two thousands, like it was so fucking soulless and homogenized and shitty. And while there are like a lot of you know, cool hits and moments that you could look back on as far as like pop and mainstream stuff, you know, with boy bands and pop divas and so on and so forth. Like, you know, it's, it's cool to look back on stuff like Christina and Britney and Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. But the thing is like, everybody forgets, like there were so many fucking B and C level artists that were also being broadcast with as Mm. much regularity that sounded exactly the fucking same, you know, and you were just getting exposed to the same shit over and over and over and over and over and it sucked. 98 degrees. Yeah, exactly. Okay. LFO, whatever. But, you know, and, and then after that, as soon as we kind of transitioned into the streaming era, uh, it seemed like things were getting almost worse and worse in a way because uh then the it was the playlist that reigned supreme and it was almost like a challenge to come up with the blandest most wallpaper thing that you could so that it fits in a playlist that people just kind of like listen to endlessly without breaking away from it or changing it or whatever and i think that led to a lot of bland just kind of very uniform shit Mm -hmm. uh, that was just like very agreeable and what was was frankly quite boring i think the tiktok algorithms demanding that artists like come up with something as snappy and as quickly as possible uh, has sort of like changed the game and made people think about like, okay, I actually need to think about a hook now yeah. instead of thinking about how can I make a song that is so one dimensional? It sounds exactly the fucking same from front to back and also sounds exactly the same as whatever song is playing before it and playing after it. That to me is shit. I fucking hate that. Um, it just leads to such just, um, I don't know, as, maybe as an ADHD person, it just makes for just a very soul sucking experience. Experience. Um, you know, the, the downsides to the TikTok shit, and it's not even a TikTok thing, it's just kind of a streaming thing in general because artists get paid off how many times you play a song now. And sometimes if you shorten a song down, you guarantee more plays out of it because mm. people are going to play a one yeah. minute and 52 second song more times than they're going to play a three minute and 30 second song. So, you know, um, the shitty thing now is that there are a lot of artists that are kind of like, killing song structure i don't mind a catchy moment catchy moments are cool but song structure is kind of going out the window because financially a lot of people are incentivized to just like completely break their songs down to the most to that bare catchy elements throughout the rest exactly and just throughout the rest so it's like you have that catchy moment but you don't get an intro and you get a chorus a verse another chorus and that's it you don't get another verse mm. you don't get a bridge you don't get an outro it's just basically like in and out as fast as possible and that's kind of what sucks but like i said um, that's more of a streaming thing than a TikTok thing. Even if TikTok wasn't around, we would still have that problem. Yeah. You know, what's, what's, what's kind of being eliminated um, is more cool long form shit. Like these days you don't have a band like Godspeed You Black Emperor, for example. Oh yeah, which Just like spoken you know, word, like random. Really cool, long, epic, 30 minute long yeah. tracks. The car was burning. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, you know, on an album that lasts 90 minutes overall because the thing is if you're going to make money off of that, you have to sell records yeah. and people are not selling records like they used to. And God's, even Godspeed, when they do come out with newer albums, like they still kind of format their music in the same way, but like they'll do like such and such title part one, part two, part three, yeah. part four, so that they're breaking it down in like five minute chunks so that they're actually getting that streaming revenue. Speaking of really long form albums that blew my mind recently, just quickly, and then I think we're going to move off music. We're, no, 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 I have music. two music questions. Okay, quickly before we move off. Um, 
Do you listen to any floating points? Um, yeah, yeah. No, Did I you listen to, to their points. album with Pharaoh? Yeah, Sam? yeah. That was one of my favorite albums of the year. Dude, I listened R. I. to that. R.I.P. Pharaoh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when I hike, that's like my... Oh, cool. That, that sends me. And, yeah. And like, it's basically one song. Yeah, yeah. Just different kind of instrumental movements yeah. and palettes kind of yeah. on a lot of the same the same themes. That was one of your favorite albums of the year? Yeah, it was in my top 10. Mm-hmm. 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 I, actually, actually that does impress me. I'm impressed that, 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 see, that, that he's that. into that. Okay, what's mm-hmm. one era of music that you uh, that we all just like collectively listened to at the time, but looking back at it, you're like, what the fuck was that? I Modern country. <laughs> I was going to say Mumford and Sons. <laughs> so I guess it's in the same when, when, vein, when you, maybe? When you say we all listen to, do you mean in terms of like it's hip? Or yeah, it was considered hit, but like now you look back at it and you're like, why was every song, why did every song sound like this? It was so strange. Okay. Um, like, I mean, maybe, maybe it's just because it was a part of my youth, but again, just like a lot of rap metal stuff, just like a lot of rap and new metal stuff. Like rap and new metal, yeah. There is some that. stuff out of that era that I like. I can still go back and listen to Iowa, for example, and that album still hits hard as fuck. But generally speaking, like there was a lot of trash in, in that genre. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. What about you? Do you have one? I mean, you said. I mean, I, I think modern country is, it's it's real bad. Uh, some of it's good. It is, but, but it's like the appeal is the the appeal is really specific, though. Yeah, like it's it's not as widely appealing as like maybe a band like Corn was at one point. Yeah, uh, you know. Yeah, so broad appeal. I don't know, man. I'd have to think about okay, it. Okay, and even an even weirder, cringier one, if we're uh-huh. going if we're going even further back, like into okay. the nineties, like, you know, during a time when the industry was like the industry and like whatever was hot or popular or relevant was like, you know, basically like, you know, radio and MTV and so on and so forth were the testing grounds and it was just handed to us and like it was played more depending on whatever reaction was given to it. Like I would say probably like the swing revival of the nineties. Oh my like God. Cherry pop and daddy zoot suit, riot, yeah. like all that shit was so fucking awful and so fucking cringe. And like, Jesus I did, I why didn't even, did that, didn't that happen? Again, it's, it's just, you know, throwing stuff out there randomly and just seeing what takes. You know, what's interesting. I'm a big film nerd. That revival bled over into film. Like you had a bunch of movies, that kind of like The Mask, Swingers. Yeah, like they had these weird... rockabilly '90s rockabilly content. Yeah, you had these like weird moments where it was like zoot suit, like brass. Yeah, a lot of brass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it was just like, how did this happen? Now, true. Now, granted, there were some artists that came out of it that were kind of cool, like Squirrel Nut Zippers. Who uh, Andrew Bird was a part of that band before he transitioned to doing more solo stuff. The Mighty Mighty Boss Tone. That's Scott. Were you talking about a totally different fucking? Yeah. Thing? No, it's, they but, they kind of dress like that though. I mean, but yeah. they were all in like the black suits and they sure. had the. But as, as far as haircuts. as far as like musical the styles, mighty, as far as musical boss styles go, <laughs> but yeah, oh Mighty God. Mighty Boss Tones. Fuck a lot. No, a lot they of the, don't. Yes, they do. That's insane. That's an insane I, statement. I don't even listen to music, and I'm like, that's so bad. <laughs> what the fuck? Scott bike. music is. I can't understand. I don't know. Scott it's, music's good. You're so white. Real big we, fish. We should, we should play. We should play him some Jamaican ska. I feel like. Uh, I feel payroll. like. Okay. They're good. They're good. Okay. But but, but we got we got to listen to some Trojan records. Um, stuff. <laughs> my second, my follow up question that's like kind of un, I guess kind of related to it is, what do you think about 
EDM's uh, mainstreamification in like the 2000, like late 2000 era that and, and its impact on music in general? Do you think it's an overall good thing or, or, an, or a bad thing? Like Avicii levels. Okay. Uh, would you say that that was like genre defining? Like, because I, I came to America in 2009. Okay. I grew up in Turkey, so I listened like Benny Benazi. You know what I mean? Like a lot of a lot of. I'll this. actually take this one. Okay, but before, hold on. Let me let me just explain what my reasoning is. Right, right. like I listened to a lot of electronic music. Okay. Uh, growing up in Turkey, that's what it played on the radio. Right, mm -hmm. like in America, I feel like that was not that was it was more rap, hip hop, right. R and B. Right. Um, and then EDM kind of exploded. Uh, Swedish House Mafia. Yeah, uh, I, I was at the Winter Music Conference and went to Ultra in two thousand nine. Yeah, yeah. Like people started listening to trans music. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. that was relatively a new phenomena in like mainstream American consumption. Right. And um, I think the overarching impact of that was just like it 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 became a mainstay of like all pop music. You think that was an overall good thing or a bad thing here? I think I can tackle that one. I think a big part of that is the ease with which those shows are produced and pumped out. Uh, the, the, the setup of getting a live band or a live performer is very different than getting a mainstream DJ to sit behind his decks and press play. And there are some great DJs that will spend great sets. and are a track Because I, I, lo I love EDM. I love house music. But... The process of throwing a party around a DJ is a lot less strenuous than like what they used to have to do at like the Roxy and shit to get an artist up, get them up, bring the roadies, break them down, all that shit. Basically, a DJ can go in with a USB stick and throw a party. Also, has a lot to do with the party culture, right? Taking drugs and getting fucking absolutely annihilated is very conducive to house music. There's a very fun, like consistent bop, bop. But click almost like Giorgio Moroder. I knew I needed a click on the track. And I think like the first time that young people go to an EDM show, it's much more about the community element of it. And then they have these like feelings of nostalgia surrounding those songs. Is that right? So Billy Ray Brains knows. Yeah, is that, <laughs> Dude, every is that time track? I'll hear Sander Van Dorn and I'm just transported back to like when I was 18 years old off my head on acid. Like, dude, love is darkness, man. Fucking, I'm in Pacha, New York right now. This is oh, amazing. God. Pacha? Pacha oh, no. Slapper. Dude, that train oh. horn. Wow, 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 wow. Oh, yeah, yeah. Did you Pacha, so New York grimy. when it was open? He no. doesn't do drugs, Oh, he my said. God. It was so, so, so they had this train horn, right? actual horn off a fucking train it did not sound good it was terrible and what happened was at like the height of your debauchery in Pacha, new york there's like a pit and like guys like sun ray james and ryan marciano would like just have everybody throth frothing and then they would grab this train horn and just go wah, wah, wah. and everyone would be like yes so it's sweaty amazing. so gross so sweaty but everyone was getting laid so gross um you don't do drugs so what do you even listen to edm <laughs> yeah yeah i don't think you need to I'm i mean I, I guess like you know let, let's let's also talk about the music too because obviously like the culture around it is significant and important like you know sort of the party element but like if people weren't vibing with the way that it sounded like they wouldn't be going out to these shows like i mean you know as far as like mainstream EDM, because there's a lot of different types of electronic music. If we're yeah. talking strictly about like the mainstream stuff, like I, I think never has there been a popular music movement that is so formulaic, but almost in an ingenious way. Because yep. the thing is like, it's literally engineered 
to build up this really intense amount of tension in a very short amount of time. And then eventually you get that drop, that beat hit, that thing. You know, it's amazing. That really kind of like visceral experience that feels really good in a live setting feels really good. Probably when you're high and even when you're sober, it's like, you know, I, I personally get the fucking thrill off of like, you know, uh, like a track, like bangerang, for example, like that song goes hard as fuck. Um, And, you know, of course, like you're going to have a mainstream response to such like a basic thing, because I I think everybody kind of gets that on like a really primordial level. You know, it's like I I, and and that's what I think. I think the appeal of that kind of stuff can be very sort of like almost almost like caveman like in a way. You know, it's like you're you're responding in such like it's such a physical experience. Okay, favorite EDM artists and least favorite EDM artists. One thing I want to add, a lot of modern contemporary EDM like is doing this thing that Pitbull did years ago where they're taking like one bar, one sample from a song that they know is like popular yeah. and then building it out and adding just a bigger drop, adding more build up to it. Right. And that has become like enormously also, popular. Okay. You don't have to call out Jack Harlow's entire album like this. No, 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 no. Like there are, there are a lot of artists in the EDC space yeah. that have, have gotten like enormously good at this. And a lot of, it's, I think it's, it's fucked up to do that. Well, you know what's funny is Jack Harlow is you can listen to his music and go, oh, that is from like Fergie. That is from a lot of these EDC artists. Like you wouldn't know unless you really dumpster dive or go to some of like these older tracks and find these samples that they were even doing it. I don't have an issue with sampling, but if you're just like ripping literally like a top 40 song from the 90s and just like rapping over it, yeah. the fuck are you doing? It's just like, that's just a, the song. I mean, Pitbull made an entire career. I know. I, I don't like Pitbull, though. That's like, like a great example. 90s. Um, the Nightcrawlers. Well, I mean, you know, let's let's also talk about sort of the fact that, like, you know, there there's such, Darling. like, huge variations between sort of, like, the European and the American strains of electronic music that sort of, like, influence modern EDM. Because whether you're talking about, like, primarily black artists making, you know, some like the, you know, earliest strains of house and techno in Chicago or on like, you know, the East coast or in the Midwest. Um, you have that, but then simultaneously, you know, you have like super early forms of electronic music, like Kraftwerk, you know, coming out of, you know, Europe and eventually sort of like, you know, in America, uh, you had all you had much more emphasis on sort of like melody and soul and groove and there's a lot of European stuff especially in the hardcore scene where you have like Gabber and you know like these insane oh BPM God. levels that are Gabber. like super know, fucking yeah. harsh and just like really aggressive and super fast and like the people at the raves like at these Thunderdome raves would just be like get 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 get, get you get, ever seen get, videos get. from Sensation Black. Um, I've seen, I, I don't, probably not specifically from that, but I've seen videos of yeah. like the raves and God. stuff. And okay. Like least favorite out. EDM artists, uh, and your favorite EDM artists. If there is like anything that you could, I don't know if I have a least favorite. I mean, probably Daft Punk is my favorite of, of all time. Overall. Okay. That's, fa- that's every, okay. But, 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 that's but what I, mean, I was going to say. But the, thing is, but the thing is like, that, that's such a basic bitch take, but, but the thing is like, I'm an albums guy. I'm like a concept guy. I'm like a big kind of macro picture kind of guy. And as far as like that, nobody's kind of really serving on that yeah. level in the same Discovery way that Daft Punk is top yeah. 10 albums of all time. Yeah. But, but, but that's because like a lot of the electronic music scene, there's nothing inherently wrong with this. Like a lot of the scene thrives off of like singles, you know, thrives off of hits. Doesn't it's, it's, it's not exactly the type of genre experience that like, a lot of listeners or fans are sitting down like, I'm going to listen to an album now. You know what I mean? The thing that Daft Punk did is they sort of like made almost like the 
Pink Floyd, the wall type of format work in an electronic context, yeah. you know, and, and there's not a lot of electronic artists willing to do that because it's a big risk. Yeah. You know, and the thing is a lot of them sort of experience or sort of associate the genre with more of a, you know, party hit banger visceral. Let's just make a moment, make a whatever, create a reaction type of response as opposed to, you know, let's try to make the next Abbey road, you know? Yeah. And, and I think maybe there could be more room to do that, but again, it's a, it's, it's, it could be a big risk. It's not necessarily profitable. Sometimes, you know, you might end up sort of suffering because your record doesn't hit as hard as the next Skrillex single if you decide to maybe pull back a little bit and you make something like the next Porter Robinson record and it's like really flowery and pillowy and sweet and you know while it can be played at you know sort of like in in those more festival contexts it's not going to make the same you know it's not going to create the same reaction as like an Avicii would I asked this question specifically because I have a least favorite and I and it's bothered me for so many years who's your least favorite Afrojack Okay. I think. Oh no, that's just because, dude. I I'm think a, Afro, I can read your mind. Afro that Jack, is literally because you went to Rutgers, and Rutgers was like the Afrojack bastion okay. of the world. I've always despised Afrojack's music. I don't know why it doesn't sound like music to me, and I don't know why everybody loved it. That unique sound that he played all the time is so fucking annoying to me. All the girls and the I place Afrojack as the. The Ed Hardy of of electronic dance wow. music, because I think like people like the worst people were rocking it and repping it for a time. Dude, this is and this it is just so fucking and it just fucking sucked, and it still sucks. And there is no redeeming quality. Go ahead, uh, no, destroy my take. No, this is. I can tell you what this is. This is like people who hate Bruce Springsteen that like go to the Stone Pony all the time, and they're like, "I fucking hate Bruce Springsteen. I hate his fans." It's because you were enveloped in it. Literally, right. it's like it's, like with, Tool, it's and, like with Tool fans. You hate Tool because Tool fans are the most annoying fans yeah, on the planet. I love Tool. Yeah, but, no, so do I. <laughs> but uh, no, I'm just saying I'm annoying. Um, Ruckers, you don't understand Afrojack and Ruckers in that space, Yeah, he made music moment. mathematically created for that. Yes. For fucking New Jersey meatheads. Guidos loved Afrojack. Fucking hated it. Go ahead. Explain. Tell me I'm wrong. I mean, I, no, I mean, it sounds like it was, it sounds like you were just overexposed to something. No, you're like, just being guided by what he's saying. Hit okay, me on well, the, okay, well, li hit listen, me on the you, meat you, of the You argument. actually have to like, give me some meat. Like, what is it specifically about the music that you think makes it worse or inferior to other EDM? It, I can't even say it's formulaic because like, it's all, it's formulaic, all formulaic, but like there was nothing unique and it just did not sound good. Uh huh. Like the, bee, 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 bee. I don't even know how to explain that. Like the, the horn, you just feel like there were bad sounds in it. Just annoying yes, sounds. I just like that sound triggers the fuck out of me still and even before Rutgers I it just was like your like Vietnam it. yeah pretty much I suffered <laughs> you have PTSD I suffered from you it. like Afrojack I mean Bro, it, it, I had fun oh okay and so when I would go to Pacha, I had fun too <laughs> No, just no. I'm just kidding. I used listen, to listen to music. Like I was a music. I, listen, I would go to like Ear Milk and I, like Hype M and all these things to like I, find the I next understand, thing. I understand the, the, the blog the, era. Yeah, I understand why Afrojack could be Bruxum. He had like a lot of like very like cacophony type builds, is what I would say. Where they were just like, <laughs> but I mean, he, I, at the time, I don't think he was any better or worse than a lot of people. 
than mm-hmm. what people were considering. I was always also like a progressive house fan, and I never really liked. Uh, I, I was never even into trans music that much. Like I, I, I didn't get the appeal of it. Can um, I give you my most overrated? God love them, but the chain smokers. Jesus oh, I mean that's <laughs> okay. Yeah. Everybody's acting like I, like I, like I said. No, that's I the mean, most that, normal take. Yeah, yeah. pretty normal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, what? that was that's that's like the most basic. Yeah, I mean, I, I I guess if you ask me for a least favorite, I would I would say as well. Yeah, but I mean, their, their shit is so. <laughs> I mean, it's true. It's just their. Sh- I didn't even consider it because like that's established. You right. know what I mean? What's your least favorite that like people wouldn't yeah. uh, uh, immediately dunk on? Sure. But give me that. Uh, least favorite that people wouldn't immediately dunk on. Come on, just say Avicii. No, I really like. It. Well, uh, here's yeah. the problem with Avicii. Avicii made one song. Avicii made one song and re-released it how dare times. You? How dare you? Right? That's how a lot of artists operate when they when they have. But a Avicii hit. was to a different level, man. Because levels, levels was levels like- was fuck school was ID what like he ran that track back like twenty times. Okay, and to be fair, uh, but it was literally Penguin. Penguin, which became um, oh my god, help me. The, like was basically the same song, and then he did country shit. That which was so bad. I don't fuck with. That was actually that actually which is like, what the fuck? How did that happen? Yeah. Like, how do we let that but, happen? And we went, oh, yeah, that's great. Bromance. Bromance was ID, was fuck school, was I mean, those that was all the same song, and he released it like five times, and it was like a number. But to be one fair, like I think it, levels has to be like a record holder for like yeah. longest staying power. Uh, well, I think it's been in radio. I think it's been re-released to like wild success more than any other song. I just, I've never, I, I, I mean, cause there was the James, there are not James Brown, Chris Brown version. There was ID. There was fuck school. There was levels and there was bromance. And those are all the same song. Okay. And then he released it again backwards. Do you guys remember when that was a thing? The same song, but just played backwards. <laughs> That's right. crazy. Well, All we're right. we're gonna we're gonna move on to like actually listening to music, but because this is on YouTube, uh, we don't want to get demonetized. Right. We don't want to get copy strikes, so we're gonna be pushing that to the paywall. Where Anthony Fantano teaches me to love the game, the music, all of that stuff. Uh, maybe I will rekindle my love affair with music after that. Find out on the. Find out on the on the paywall stuff. You, you can get access up. to that at patreon.com slash fear. And Anthony Fantano, thank you so much for coming. Where can people find you? What do you want to plug? Yes. YouTube.com slash the needle drop, uh, Twitch the needle drop, TikTok the needle talk, A Fantano on Instagram, the needle drop on Twitter, uh, Fantano on YouTube as well. And um, yeah, we have a shorts channel on YouTube too that's blowing up. So Hell we're, yeah. we're, we're all over the place. And I think he makes some of the finest YouTube content. I watch a lot of his reviews and I've never, well, I like to agree with him and I like more to disagree with him. It's a very fun thing to do. Go check out his stuff, please. All right. We'll see you next time. They all look so fucking bored. Yeah. They're so (laughs) relaxed. It's crazy. None of them are even breaking a sweat. Nice. Oh, damn. Little upright bass solo? That's like nuttier than some bebop jazz shit. He's going off. Like, he's playing notes, but then also striking a silent note in between every one of the notes to get that. 
I do love that they are like this guy's unfazed. Yeah, they're uh, all of them. <laughs> I think the I think the accordion player is the most unfazed, despite the fact that do you know how heavy that fucking accordion is? Yeah, like that guy probably has back problems. <laughs>